yours forever and ever and ever. For you are so very good and your mercy endures forever and ever and ever. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. And Father, we thank you for your holy written word that's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And tonight we thank you for revelation of your word, for illustration of your word, and impartations of the spirit of the living God that enables us to walk out what we have heard. And Father, in advance, we'll be careful to give you the glory, honor, and praise for all good things. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Pastor Jackie just told me to come on up here. We appreciate her and thank God for her. And, uh, you know, I was talking to you about before the flood. I told you about before the flood. Well, here sits another one before the flood right here. (laughs) Pastor Jerry Burley. He came, he was before the flood, I came after the flood. So, he's another one of my elders, and we thank God for him, and and of course his son, uh, his grandson, Jordan, and then my two friends here, Mr. Brian Dunlap and Mr. Jay Dunlap, and they both, the reason we got them sitting there is so the police officer can see them carefully. And I'm not joking about a police officer now. If you're watching online, we got him right here after you. Amen? Yes. Yeah, he's watching me too. I noticed they assigned him to me, you know. You know, the Lord dealt with me about something today that he's never dealt with me about before. And I, you know, I, I don't have a lot of scripture about this, but he began to talk to me about intellectual devils. Demons that make people smart to make them look good. Uh-huh. Now, God wants us to be intelligent, you know, or he wouldn't have given us a brain. Yeah. But as he began to talk to me, and it's, it's not my message as far as I know, but you know me. There's no telling what's liable to happen. Yeah, you know me. But, uh, but he began to talk to me about that and how that many people are serving God strictly from the intellectual and emotional realm. They acknowledge God that He is. They acknowledge the Lord that He is. And uh, they get emotional feelings about God. And that's all wonderful. But until you move over into the Spirit, you're not going to really know God. So we don't want to serve God from the intellectual perspective. We don't want to serve God just from the emotional perspective. Even though those things are involved in serving God. We want to serve God in spirit and in truth. That's what the Bible says, amen? And we thank God for that. And we may say more about that later as the Lord leads me to do so. You know, we started off this particular meeting about going to, and we're not turning there right now because we'd have to cover a lot of ground. And in Revelation chapter 3, the Laodicean church, remember the Lord woke me up in the nighttime on December the 30th. I went to bed on December the 31st at 12.38 a.m. I was awakened with... Four knocks, knock, 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 and then knock, 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 knock. Twice that happened. I thought somebody was my front door, and, and I lay there in a minute. I was alert right away, and I, I lay there in the bed just a moment or two, and then I realized, I said, well, why would somebody be knocking on my door? I got a doorbell. It's lit up in the nighttime, real big. All you got to do is hit a button, you know. 
And it's kind of odd for somebody to be knocking on the door, then it dawned on me. I don't believe it's nobody knocking on my door. So I, I done this. I said, Lord, is that you? And immediately he responded. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He said, If any man open the door and hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. And then he began to talk to me about how many of his children are caught up in the Laodicean age that we live in. He said, they worship me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. He said, I want you to go preach to them and tell them to repent and turn back to me because I do not accept their lukewarm, I'm just paraphrasing, you know. I do not accept their lukewarm worship nor their ways. I don't accept it. He said, you go preach to them. And he said, don't fear their faces. He said, because they're going to accuse you of preaching false doctrine because you're going to contradict their seducing spirits and doctrines of devils that they've been yielding to and listening to. And so I had an assignment. And at the same time, he spoke to me. And during that season, you know, revelation began to come. And he said, this year, he said, I want you to have a seminar on authority over uh, demons and seducing spirits. He said, for this year, the year of 2024, will be a year of great deception in my church. The enemy is going to do his best to deceive people. Now, he's been doing that for years. Years. But it's going to be increased in this year. And, uh, you know, you remember what you taught me this morning. You remember that? About Noah's day. Remember we asked? Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of man. And then remember you asked me that question about what was Noah's day like. And then we all come up with different answers and different things and ideas. And all of it was right. But there was one answer we didn't come up with, did we? That the Lord gave us. And what was that? The day of Noah was the greatest deception the world had ever known. Only eight people believed in God. Only eight people were saved. So in the days of Noah, if it's going to be like it was, and this is what the Lord showed me during that time that He spoke to me, if it were going to be like it was in the days of Noah, and by the way, I didn't come up with that. The Lord showed me that. He said, yes, all what you're telling me about the days of Noah, He said, is true and accurate. He said, but there's one thing you're missing. He said, the day of Noah was the greatest deception the world had ever known. Only eight people knew who I was. Only eight people were saved. And the rest of the population went to hell. The rest of the population went to hell. Everybody gets quiet when I say that. Because you know why? You've been watered down so much, you probably don't even believe there is a hell. You don't even believe there is a devil. (laughs) I might run on that one. I might shout, you better duck, I'm coming. I've been known to sometimes under a strong anointing, jump up in the chair. You know, it's amazing what it is. But this time that we're in, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more deception there's going to be on this earth. Only eight people were saved in Noah's day. It was a time of the greatest deception the world up to that time had ever known. Only eight people believed in God. Only eight people were saved. The ark was a type of Jesus. And you had to be in that ark to be saved. And those that wasn't in the ark, they went to hell. 
said, Brother Randy, that's mean and cruel. No, that is honest and truth. There are qualifications to go to heaven. I don't care what they've told you in these fluffy, dusty places that you go to. There are qualifications. And the Bible proves it out. There are qualifications. We know the ultimate qualifications except Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But I've said it like this, and you taught me this way, if you remember. If you look like the devil, you smell like the devil, you act like the devil, and you walk like the devil, and you wiggle and waggle like the devil, you is the doggone devil. I don't care what you declare you are, if you act like the devil, you is the devil. And you might as well face it. (laughs) And I'm not saying you are, so don't throw no rocks at me, you know. But it's the truth. So there are qualifications to go to heaven. And just think about it. If there were no qualifications to go to heaven, why did God waste his time sending Jesus Christ into this earth? Nobody needed to be saved. We're all going to heaven anyway. But Jesus came to tell us what to do and things we needed to know if we was going to make heaven our home. And you say, well, Brother Randy, we got into this a little bit this morning. You know, y'all got to quiet about it. Then you got to shouting about it a little bit, you know. But uh, we got talking about, well, why is that true? Why, do, why does people, God wants everybody, let's put it like this. God wants everybody to go to heaven. He wants everybody. But he, do, he does not want you there if you do not want to be there. Because why? All you're going to do is rebellious. You're going to have a rebellious attitude. If he forces you to go to heaven, it's going to be another rebellion. Remember, Satan and his angels fought against God And God said, what did that devil say? Gabriel come and said, Father, you know what's going on there? Oh, 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 the devil over yonder, Lucifer, he's done creating an infraction up here. And these people, I mean, there's a revolution going on in heaven. He said, bring him here to me. So Gabriel just grabbed him by the nap of the neck. Y'all think it was a big battle in heaven. It wasn't. Gabriel grabbed him by the nap of the neck, drug him over the phone. God reached over, took his finger and thumped him. And then he traveled at 186,000 miles per second and they hit the earth and then the choir run out and they sang that song. Remember? Another one bit the dust. It was over in a split second. How do you know that? Because the Bible says Jesus said himself, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. How quick does lightning strike? Lightning travels approximately 186,000 miles per second. And there's some decimals on the end of that and all that. But I'm not highfalutin with that. I hadn't got the intellectual. You'll have to come up with it. But anyway, that is fast. How fast is 186,000 miles per second? Too late, done gone. Woo-hoo! I mean, he was out of heaven so quick. He hit this ground, and it created a dust cloud so big that scientists wonder where this, uh, what do they call that thing, where the earth froze? It's because there wasn't no sun shining for a long time. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't mess with God. God's not weak. The devil is defeated. I'm here to tell you. I'm not here preaching these things to make you afraid of the devil. I want you to know that you've got authority over him and you can put him in his place. You've got to do that. But there is deception. The devil's only power against you is deception. If he can deceive you, trick you, or talk you into not believing God's word, not acting on your authority, then he will control and dominate you. So that's what he's trying to do. 
So anyway, we started off with 1 Timothy chapter 4 after Revelation. So remember, you had homework assignments. And I'll give it to those that showed up here. You know, when the saints come dragging in. (laughs) We gave a homework assignment. What was the homework assignment in Revelation? What was it? Do what? Read and study Revelation chapter 2 and 3 because what's in there? There are seven sermons that Jesus preached. There are seven sermons. Now they're in summary format, but most people never read them. They'll read what the Apostle Paul wrote by the Holy Ghost in Timothy, or what he wrote about Timothy and, and Philippians and, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But if you go read the seven messages that Jesus preached, he preached seven different messages in summary format. That's all we have is a summary of it. But it's in Revelations 2 and 3. Don't you think the messages Jesus preached is important? It's very important. It's more important than what anybody said. But you rarely hear about it today. People don't study it. But I think it's because in the back of the book, kind of, we forget it's back there. But it was written to the churches. I know it was written to seven different real churches at the time. But everything he said to any church, the principles apply to them in this church and any church in the world today. Then remember what else was the assignment? There was two words you were supposed to go look and circle. What was it? Works and overcometh. Works and overcometh. Because many people believe, and that's in Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3. Go through there. And, and, and I'm talking about in King James 16 and 11. That's what I'm reading. I mean, you can read any Bible you want to. I'm not against what kind of Bible you got. But I'm just saying in, in King James 16 and 11. And just look at Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3. And every time you come to the word works, circle it. And then one church, who was that telling me that Jesus told about the works three times? And, but anyway, a lot of people think Jesus is not concerned about works. He told the Laodicean church, you know what the first, when the first thing he said? I know thy what? Works. And people says works are not important. It is important. Why? Because the Bible says so. I know thy works. He was observing what they were doing. He was observing how they were living. He was observing how they were walking and talking. He said, I know thy works. I know what y'all up to. That's what, what we would say. I know what y'all up to. That's good country talk for city folks. <laughs> yeah, I know what y'all up to. So we looked at the word works, and then we also looked up the word what? Overcometh. Because he talk, talks to us about overcoming, which means we're going to be challenged. But we're going to overcome every test. We're going to overcome every challenge that comes our way. And we're going to be victorious in the name of Jesus. Isn't that right? So what was our homework assignment? Read Revelations 2. Read it. Study it. Meditate on it. Apply the principles to your life. It's important. And then circle the word works and see what he means by the word works. And then the word overcometh in Revelations 2 and 3. The messages of Jesus to the seven churches, that was seven different messages. Now, we don't have all the message, but we have it in summary format. We got what we need to know. And there's principles in there that's applicable to the church united today, worldwide today. 1 Timothy chapter 4, I think it's, you had me turn there too. Do you recall that? 1 Timothy chapter 4, because remember the Lord said to me, the year of 2024 be a year of great deception in the body of Christ. Now, I'm not saying that God's blessings, you understand. And I know that people have talked about 2024 is a year for more and things. And I'm not against that or anything like that. I believe God's going to take care of me. In fact, I just believe it like this. If syrup costs $25 a sop, I'm going to have all the sops I want. 
Maybe it won't get that high, but you know, I'm going to have all the shops I want. I said, what if they ain't no grocery store? Well, God can take care of that. You remember the brook Cherith? Where the prophet was down there at the brook Cherith? And he sent the raven down there, the bird. Y'all think y'all something when y'all stay in these hotels, they got room service. God had fly-in service for the hotel was every doggone built. Uber Eats, you can get Uber. What is that other person that delivers? DoorDash, yeah. DoorDash. What about BirdDash? My God, God had BirdDash. He did. Didn't he? It's in the Bible. These people come up with all this stuff, but God already invented it. He was already using BirdDash before DoorDash was ever thought of, wasn't it? Yeah, BirdDash. Come on. He told that bird, he said, bird, my prophet's laying down over yonder. And he said, he needs something to eat. Go by Granny Drake's house over yonder. And it's a pound of cornbread. There's some black-eyed peas. Woo-wee. There's some hog jowl. Well, I don't know if he can eat hog jowls or not because he's a Jew. But anyway, <laughs> there's some good beef steak over there. He said, pick it up and fly it over there to him. So that bird flew the pot of bread and he flew the meat over there to the prophet. It was called Bird Dash. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and God flew it right in. Listen, it, it don't matter what it is you need. If necessary, God will send a hound dog to your door with a sack in his mouth. He will. God will do it. That's how big he is. Listen, I came from nowhere. I came from nothing. And I'm telling you, when I got a hold to God, he got a hold to me. Woo! <laughs> he started turning me around. It got me going in the wrong, right direction. Out from the wrong direction I was headed in. He got me going the right direction. So God is a good God. And I'm not here to magnify the devil. But I've got to expose him. That's my job. I'm exposing him. Because he, he likes to stay hidden. As long as he can hide, then he can deceive. But if you expose him and point him out, he can't deceive you no more. 1 Timothy chapter 4, I believe is where you had me turn to. And we're just going to read some scriptures. We might just move through them a little quicker. If you go back and get the recordings, the church has got them here. You can get them from them or on the website or whatever they do. And I think they, they got a man up there on this stand. He's got a camera, so I assume that they got some kind of video. I hadn't seen him do a backflip up there yet, but I, you know, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I'm waiting for to come. I didn't, I didn't warn you, though, don't be tearing up nothing and breaking nothing, you know. <laughs> but 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. Stop right there. Who's talking? Who's talking? The Spirit speaketh expressly. So, what I want to do is point this out. This is not Paul's idea, the Apostle Paul. In other words, he's talking about this is what the Holy Ghost is saying. This is what God is saying. This is not Paul's intellectual ability writing this. It's the Holy Ghost speaking through him. Isn't that right? Since now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, which denotes a specific time period, and we are in the latter times now. Some shall depart from the faith. Remember you taught me. You can't depart from somewhere that you're not there. Only reason you can depart from here is because you're already here. But you couldn't leave from here or depart from here if you wasn't here tonight. So how are they going to depart from the faith? Giving heed, which means paying attention to, listening to what? Seducing spirits and what else? Doctrines of devils. Two things. 
seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. How are people going to depart from the faith? By listening to what? Number one, seducing spirits and what else? Doctrines of devils. Remember my test are open book test and you cannot fail them. You can't fail the test. So boldly just say what the Bible says. Always ask the question, what does the Bible say? Because that's what's going to put you over what the Word says. And you won't be deceived either. And remember, in this meeting, I'm going to tell you how to never be deceived. Guarantee that you will never be deceived if you do what I'm going to tell you sometime during this meeting as the Spirit of God leads me. You'll never be deceived. Never. Other people may depart, but you won't. Other people may be deceived, but you won't because you're going to do the right things. So seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And remember, we talked about seducing spirits and how they operate. How does, how does the way, what's the number one way that seducing spirits seduce somebody? Remember? Through someone else that is already seduced by it. And usually it's a very popular person that's got a, a, a big voice or maybe an, even an international voice or a national voice. Now, there, that's just a general rule. There are exceptions to the rule. There have been groups, uh, and we talked about the Jim Jones people and the people that thought they were catching the comet. And then over the years, it's been smaller groups. But when the devil wants to influence the entire church world, he's usually going to go to somebody that's in a big position, and he's going to have to work his way into their life and seduce them. And then, in turn, then that person's going to get up and tell you this new doctrine that doesn't agree with the Bible. It's got a little Bible in it because if, the, if it didn't have a little bit of the Bible, you wouldn't accept it. Remember, Dad Hagen said this, every false doctrine has an element of truth about it. Every false doctrine. And the reason the devil does that is so that he can confuse us and make us think, well, this guy knows what he's talking about. And many people that are in false doctrine and they have proclaimed them have said some wonderful things. But when it comes to actually knowing what the Bible says, you don't want to be misled by anybody. Amen? And so we talked about that. And then let's look at uh, another scripture, that uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Remember this? We're just going to run through these scriptures and then go right on. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 12. Oh, we'll just start with verse 13, because we're just trying to get here and make a point. He said, for such, this is the Apostle Paul speaking about the Spirit of God. He said, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the what? Apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is what? Transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, whose ministers? Satan. Remember, we learned that this morning. Satan's ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose ends shall be according to their works. So here we pointed out this morning, just like God has apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, ministry of helps, then the devil has ministers also. The devil has doctrines also. He has false doctrines that work through seducing spirits to seduce somebody to make them believe that what they're saying is the truth, but it actually is a false doctrine. You know what I mean? So we want to be with God's truth and not the devil's truth. Isn't that right? So the devil has ministers just like uh, the Lord has ministers. Turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 5. 2 Thessalonians chapter 5. And this is scriptures you remember we've already looked at. Amen. 
No, it's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse number 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. He said, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, talking about the coming of the Lord, shall not come except there come a what? A falling away, and that man of sin be revealed, uh, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God, are this worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He said, Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholded that you might be revealed, he might reveal in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doeth already work, and uh, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume. With the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. Even him, and this is what I want to get to. It says, even him whose coming is after the working of what? Satan with what? All power and signs and what? Lying wonders. So what we pointed out this morning is that Satan works miracles to deceive. That's what he does. He's limited in what he can do, but he can work miracles, and he uses his miraculous power to deceive people. And then we gave the example about uh, Moses and Aaron when they were sent to Pharaoh to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Remember, God told them. He gave them the ability, and he told them when they got there, you throw down your rod or your staff, you know, stick of wood, that's what we'd call it. He threw it down, and before Pharaoh, it became a snake. Isn't that right? Well, the devil worshipers that worked for Pharaoh, they threw their rod down and it became a snake too. Who done that? The devil worshipers. The devil gave them the power to do that. But what did God, the snake did, uh, that they threw down, the rod they threw, gobbled up the snake of the devil. Isn't that right? But one thing I want to point out to you, that uh, the evil devil worshipers there in Pharaoh's kingdom, they match Moses and Aaron miracle for miracle up to a point. And then those devil worshipers finally came to Pharaoh and said, you better leave these folks alone. This is the mighty power of God. You remember that? You can go read it. I believe it's in Exodus 7. You can go read it and you can see exactly what what happened right there. So there was a limit as to what the devil could do, but he could work miracles and he did work miracles to do what? To deceive. So he uses miracle power. Then you remember you drugged me off into the gold dust phenomenon. Remember? And people were getting under the chairs trying to pull the carpet up and get under it and everything this morning because they got talking about that. How that that was uh, uh, satanic in origin. And how that uh, God showed me the people that, that started that and brought it. And it was wonderful people. Don't get me wrong. I'm not attacking anybody. But I had no knowledge of it. But I was in a prayer meeting on a Friday morning. This has been back years ago. And then suddenly I'm caught up in the Spirit and I see a dark cloud coming from the Atlantic Ocean and it's coming across the United States of America. Well, I just knew by revelation, and remember we talked about that this morning, I knew by revelation that this was a satanic attack against the United States of America, but specifically the body of Christ. Remember this, the devil is not after the world. Why? He's already got them. He's after those that are serving God. Now, certainly he does do things to influence people in the world and all that. We know that. They're under his power. 
But his greatest goal is to get you as a Christian and come against you and get you deceived. So I saw this cloud and then I knew that it was satanic and it was going to try to influence the body of Christ, but I didn't know what it was. Then the word of the Lord came to me. And he said, those that stand in what is called the gold dust phenomenon, miracles. And he didn't say it wasn't a miracle because it was miraculous. This stuff actually appeared. It wasn't gold. If it did, it did we'd have paid off the church quicker. But anyway, it wasn't, it wasn't gold, but it was some kind of, uh, somebody had it uh, examined one time and it was some kind of polymer or something. I don't know. But it was real. It was really appearing. You know, and it was happening. My brother got got some in his Bible he went and he said oh my God I don't want my brother to see it he'll kill me <laughs> Talk about me you know my brother but anyway what the Lord showed me was that this is of satanic origin and it was and I didn't know it I wasn't against anybody the, the people that introduced this the precious lady that introduced this to the United States was a wonderful lady but she brought in a lady that was possessed to the United States that came from down there where they have all these stigmatas and statues yeah. bleeding and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. She brought that lady in. And then that lady had this demon and it was manifesting this stuff and they was claiming it was a mighty power of God and it wasn't. And I didn't know it. I didn't learn all of any, any of this until after it was over. So what happened is I... Uh, Spoke it out, and then while I was doing this, the Lord said to me, the one that stands at the forefront of this, I have given them space to repent, and they have failed to do so, and they will be removed from the scene. And it's by revelation, I knew it was a man and a, a woman and a man. He said, they'll be removed from their scene. Well, it was recorded, and so the news traveled like wildfire. You know what I'm talking about? Remember I told you how news travels. <laughs> telephone, telegraph, teletype, telephone... Tell a woman. Remember, remember, remember I, but I, I was telling you why, though. Remember, I wasn't getting on the ladies or nothing like that. Because all men do is grunt, you know, every now and then. So, so you know, there's not much communication among the male species that the ladies can communicate things, you know. But anyway, it traveled. It got all the way up to Pennsylvania, and people that knew me, you know, Brother Andy prophesied, this gold does love the devil, and all this kind of stuff, you know. I didn't do it. The Lord said it. I'm just saying what he said. Well, that was on a Friday, approximately 11.30, 11.45 in the morning. We was in this prayer meeting. The following Friday, I was driving to Birmingham, Alabama. I lived in Georgia then, and I was driving to Birmingham, Alabama from Columbus, Georgia, and I was going to uh, be in Brother Hagin's meeting there at... Uh, Pastor Scott Webb's church. He used to go over there and hold two to three week meetings. And, yeah. and so I went, was going there, and while I was driving along, Pastor Steve, a friend of mine up out of Pennsylvania, a pastor, he called me on the phone, my cell phone. And I answered, he said, Brother Randy, Brother Randy, he said, did you hear what happened? He had heard about the prophecy, you know, what the Lord had said. He said, you hear about what happened to so-and-so? And it was a leader that had brought this stuff into the United States, this wonderful lady. I'm not belittling her at all. Wonderful lady. She helped a lot of people over the years. Wrote some wonderful books and knew God. But that just goes to show you, you can be deceived. It don't matter who you are. If you get away from the word, you can be deceived. And he, I said, no, what happened? He said, she just died. I said, no. I said, man, that was fast. Just seven days ago. When the Lord showed us that that would happen. And seven days later, she died. 
And then, I don't know, six or eight months later, the man that was second in command in that ministry, he died. Now, we pointed out this morning, the Lord didn't kill any of them. And if you want to know how, why they died, go back and get the recording from this morning. Go back and listen to it. Because we covered it in detail. If I go through that now, we'd, we would never get through the end of this meeting. You know what I mean? But we talked about that. We talked about that God did not kill them. God did not take their life because He gave them space to repent. And so he had to take his hand off of them. Basically, it's what happened. The devil killed him. That's what happened. Because he couldn't permit it to go on because so many of his children were being deceived. Now, right after all this happened, I was invited to be a speaker at uh, one of the Rama Ministerial Association International meetings, where they call it a regional meeting. Well, I had been out uh, west and I had told the, the group and, and the uh, director of the meetings, you know, I can't make it the first day. I could, I'm, I'm obligated in meetings, and i got an airplane. I can get there, you know. Phew. But I, I'm going to be coming in the next day. And he said, oh, that'll be fine. He said, we'll just put you on the schedule. You'll be the second day. You'll speak the second night. I said, that, that's fine. That's okay. So I come sailing in there, you know, and, and, and landed and got over to the hotel. Well, the next day... What I found out is that they were going to go out and do outings, which normally they would do. Some of them were going golfing, some of them were rafting, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, just fellowship. Preachers, all preachers, you know, preachers and their wives. And they were all going to do something, and I did all that before, you know, with them. But I just had this unction that I needed to stay in. So I talked to the leader of the meeting, and I said to him, I said, uh, Brother, I said, uh, do you mind if I just don't go tomorrow and if I just stay in and rest? I said, I've been traveling, and, and, and I didn't really, I didn't lie about it, but I just didn't want to tell the whole, I wanted to fast. I just sensed I should fast. The Lord was leading me to fast. He said, oh, no, Brother Randy, I'd be fine. I'd be fine. Just, just, just get you some rest. I said, okay. I said, uh, I said I'll be there. What time's the meeting start? He, I said, I'll be there. So anyway, I didn't have any conversation with anybody. You know, I got there, talked to him, and, and of course, a, a couple of folks knew I was there and all, but they, nobody told me anything. So, when the time come, I fasted and prayed all that day. You know, by that time, by the time that service come the next day, uh, we would say it in country, I was loaded for bear, wildcat, mountain lions, cheetahs, water buffaloes, it didn't matter what it was. <laughs> I mean, I was wound up. When you get locked up with God about 12 hours to 14 hours and just put your nose in heaven for about 14 hours, you ain't much good on this earth no more. My God. So when I walked into that room, you know, they, they just they didn't have no music or nothing, you know. It wasn't that kind of meeting, you know. So he said, you know, everybody knew me, you know. So I got up. And when the gentleman that was directing the meeting got up and said, well, you know, I asked Brother Randy to, to speak tonight. I got up and I started preaching about the gold dust phenomenon. And buddy, I was letting it fly. I mean, I was spitting so far I was knocking people out with spit about 10 rows back almost. You know? <laughs> I was preaching back in those days especially. But anyway, I was preaching this and I noticed wasn't nobody was shouting much. You know what I mean? I thought, well, you know what I mean? I, this is a better message than they're shouting. You know what I mean? Because everybody was kind of quiet, you know, and looking funny and looking around and all that kind of stuff. And, and so finally, you know, I come skidding to a stop because I know that they want lengthy, you know, service because they had other things to do and programs and everything later on. 
And uh, so about an hour later, I come sliding into a stop, and I, I just stopped, and I turned the service back to the director. He got up and dismissed them. There was no more things to happen like they were supposed to be. He dismissed everybody. Then when everybody left but a couple of friends of mine, Pastor Sonny Jones was there, Bill Barbie was there, <laughs> preachers, you know. They were still sitting in the room. Everybody else is gone. Then the director came to me and said, Oh, my God, Brother Randy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Brother Randy. He said, You done made a mess in this meeting. <laughs> I said, what, what did I do? He said, Do you know what happened last night? I said, No, sir, I wasn't here. I hadn't talked to anybody. He said, I figured you hadn't. He said, The whole meeting last night, people were getting up and testifying about how you needed the gold dust in your church. It was a fire God. It would build your church. Now these are, and I'm, I'm wonderful people, Remy graduates, set under Brother Hagen, had been reamed out very well to be led by the Spirit of God, raised up under Rama Ministerial Association International, and I'm not belittling any of them. But if you don't adhere to the Word and don't practice what the Word says and don't listen to the Holy Ghost, you can be deceived. And I'm not blowing up the devil. I'm telling you here, he, he's a deceiver. He's a seducer. Listen, he tricked, uh, Lucifer tricked the angels in heaven that was seeing God every day in rebelling against God. He tricked them. They lived in heaven. And he talked them into leaving heaven, rebelling against God. I mean, and you think that you couldn't be deceived? If you don't pay attention to the word, the devil will deceive you. But remember, in this meeting, I'm going to teach you how to never be deceived. Never. You just follow some simple principles, you'll never be deceived. So he was saying, oh my God, I don't know what we're going to do, brother. I don't know what we're going to do. Well, immediately I was scheduled to go to some of these guys' church. I was. And I started getting texts and they canceled meetings on me. And the talk started traveling. And traveling ministers don't need no bad talk. I mean, you know. And one pastor can tell this pastor and that one tell that pastor, oh, Brother Randy's off the deep end now. He's preaching false doctrine now, you know. So what i done is I appealed to spiritual Jerusalem. I went to Dad Hagen. And I told him, I said, I need some help. He said, what you done done now? <laughs> And he said, what happened? And I told him. He said, you know, I've always taught you boys this. He said, the proof of the pudding is in the eating of it. In other words, if it's good or not, you take a bite out of it. He said, now you said the Lord gave you that word, right? I said, yes, sir. I believe. I said, I'm human. I can miss it. And I said, I'm here for correction. He said, you said the Lord gave you that word. I said, yes, sir. I believe he did, but I'm human and can miss it. And I'm open to correction. He said, did what you say come to pass? I said, yes, sir. I said, the first person died within seven days. By this time now, the other person hadn't died yet. He said, well, that'll come to pass too. And then he began to talk to me about some things that I, I can't share publicly. Say some things. Because people may look at him differently, and I don't want him to do that. But he was a very wise man. He knew the Holy Ghost. But he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll do something for you. I said, what? 
He said, I'll write a letter for you. And he said, I want you to read it wherever you go. And he said, I'm going to put my signature on it. You show it to anybody you want to, how I'm going to stand with you in this. And I thought, they'll kill you too. (laughs) But this is what he taught me during that time. He said, the way you're going to stay safe in these last days is not accept anything miraculous if you can't find it in the Bible. Don't accept it. Now, you would have to do some searching, and I'm guesstimating when this was, but I printed a magazine called Satanic Lion Signs and Wonders, and we covered this. And we covered every miracle in the Bible. I think there was about 130 to 140 miracles. Now, there was a lot more than that, but I'm talking about of a type. You know what that happened? Listen, we don't need to go get no gold dust if we just get them 140 that's in the Bible. Amen. We don't have them working yet, you know. But if you go to my website in the newsletter archive, I think it was around, it would be in September, I believe, or October, somewhere in there. And it might have been 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. But it's September, October. You can read a magazine there. It's got a picture of gold dust and jewels and all this on the front of it. But it's on the archive at rgm.me. And you can go look it up. And I'm not sure that's exactly the year, but it's in there during that time. He said, I'll write you a letter. And he said, but this is what I I do. He said, if you can't find it in the Bible, he said, I'm not going to accept it. And he said, "Uh, that's the way you're going to stay safe in these last days. Now, let me balance that out because he was a balanced man. He said, now, I have had experiences that I can't prove by the Bible. He said, but I don't make doctrines out of them. And most of the time, I don't tell anybody. And one of the things that he had happened to him on occasion is he would have oil appear in the palms of his hands. He would have oil appear in the palms of his hands. But he didn't stand up and say, hey, look at my hands and all that stuff. And he said, now, I don't know why I had that. And he said, I really don't have chapter and verse for it, but I haven't built a doctrine on it. He said, very few people I've told about it or anything like that. And he said, I don't build on that. I don't build my ministry on any kind of spectacular. I don't build my ministry on the miraculous because if you do, you're going to fail. You build your ministry on the Word. In fact, he told them during what they call the voice of healing days when the great miracles were flowing and the gifts were operating. He told the fellows back then and the preachers back then, he said, I'll still be around when all of y'all are gone, or most of all of y'all are gone. And they said, well, what makes you say that? He said, because you're building your ministry on the gifts and manifestations. And he said, I'm building my ministry on the Word. Amen. And he said, we thank God for the manifestations. We thank God for the gifts. But I'm not building my ministry on the gifts. But a lot of people today are trying to build their ministry on gifts and the spectacular and the sensational and the miraculous. And I'm not against that. Can I say that? Yes. Maybe I can. One fault we have in the church today is that we're not led by the Spirit of God. You cannot, as a minister of the gospel, tell God what you want Him to do. And people advertise this happened at the meeting. No, it's not. Not unless God said it was first. 
You know what I mean? What you have to do to be effective is you have to pray and find out what God wants to do and then you can advertise that. But what a lot of people want to do is advertise something and then get God to show up and fulfill that. Now, there's a balance to this. I'm not saying that you can't, uh, you know, believe the Bible and believe God for things, but there's a lot of things that's called, uh, you know, miraculous services and all this kind of stuff, and nothing ever happens. I mean, people go through the motions, but people come, and then they leave just like they came. And they go through the motions. And that comes from not seeking God first. Dad Hagen said this, He said, the one that's in charge of the meeting needs to pray and find out what God wants to do. In fact, in our meetings, when I go somewhere, in fact, a pastor will tell you, I asked her permission last night to stay in because I wanted to seek God. Because I didn't come to this service with an agenda of my own. I wanted to make sure that I'm on the right path. And to make sure that I'm going the right way. And sometimes it takes uh, effort and time. And it's not that it takes God long. You just have to get yourself in a position to hear. Because you can convince yourself that you're right when you're absolutely wrong. So one of the problems we got in the body of Christ, a big problem, is trying to tell God what we want Him to do in our services. And listen, there's a balance to that, you understand? We can believe the Bible, we can believe the Word, and we thank God for the Word. But we need to pray, find out what He wants to do, and then do what He says. In fact, if you get to praying, He might just upend a lot of your theology and mine too. In fact, He said something to me today that I cannot tell you. Because it would bring confusion. Some people would be hurt and stuff like that. So you have to be wise. You know, in these things. And that don't mean I'm some great somebody or anything, because I'm not. But if you spend time with God, He's going to talk to you. And if He don't, you're in trouble. (laughs) If the Lord's not talking to you, you're in trouble. And what I mean is not just an audible voice, but if you'll take time with the Lord, He'll sup with you and you with Him. And He'll show and reveal to you secret things. He'll reveal them to you. And He'll manifest Himself to you. He'll make Himself known to you. But God works the way He wants to and not the way I'm going to tell Him to. Now, there's also something called anointings, you know, that people receive. And it's kind of a side journey from where I'm going. You can be anointed to minister in a certain area, you understand, and, and how God uses you. So I'm not, you know... Belittling that. And you can tell people, you know, to come. God's going to do this. And, God's, and I'm not saying, I'm not against that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people put it like this. If sometimes what we get in trouble is this. It's when we haven't got a specific anointing or specific direction that we're going to trail God what to do and then we advertise that and nothing happens. You know what I mean? We want to make sure that God's in it. And people can be anointed and used a, a special way because it's happened many t- times before, and that's all right. We're not against that whatsoever. But if we just get back to old-fashioned seeking God and praying until we hear Him, then we're going to come out on top every single time. Isn't that right? We're going to do it. Is all that in that one verse? All satanic lying signs and wonders? 
satanic lying signs and wonders, and we got talking about the gold dust phenomenon, the jewels appearing, all that kind of stuff. But uh, what else did you have me read? Oh, let me tell you something about this too, since I'm since I'm going this way. I want to tell you about a trick. How ministers of the gospel were tricked, duped, not with the miraculous, but with sleight of hand. There was a lady that came to Tulsa. She was at the, the Maybe Center. You know what? That's Maybe Center. Yeah. Oh, are you? Yeah. A lady that came there, and uh, she—I called her the Feathers Lady. Oh yeah. Remember? Remember? Yeah. yeah. And in her uh, services, feathers would come floating down all around her. I heard old Burt Clendenin, now he's a whole time Pentecostal. When he heard about it, he said, my God, who shot the Holy Ghost? (laughs) You'd have to know that was rough. You think I'm rough? Burt Clendenin, my God. I mean, he could peel the paint off the walls. You wouldn't even paint. If you painted it, he's going to pull it off there. I mean, you, you didn't wonder what he was thinking when he got through. He said, my God, who shot the Holy Ghost? But these feathers, she wore long sleeves, you know, fluffy kind of long sleeves down. And, and she would come and she would kind of float around on the stage and these feathers would come. And then the next thing you know, she'd hold up her hands and oil would just be dripping. And people would be falling. Ah! Ah! Now, I'm, I'm saying this for this reason. Internationally known ministers. I'm talking about internationally known ministers. In fact, an internationally known ministers brought her on the scene in the Word of Faith movement. She, nobody knew her until this individual brought her on. And I'm not belittling him whatsoever at all. Nobody. But these internationally known ministers were duped and tricked by this lady. She would call them up and prophesy, yay, hey, nay, ray, ray, hey, yay, yay. You're going to be the greatest thing since last bread and your ministry is going to touch the world and you're going to save the penguins in the Arctic and Antarctic. And I mean, just, just not really, you know, I'm just kind of fluffing it up a little bit here, you know. She would use better language. You know, and I'm not, I'm not attacking, I'm just telling you the truth. Don't be deceived. Don't be tricked. Don't be stupid. (laughs) I've been stupid enough in my past. I don't need no more in my future. I can tell you now. But she would call, I mean, internationally known people. And they would fall out like the power of God knocked them out. And they wouldn't, the power of God wouldn't even 10,000 miles close to that place. Packed. Out, maybe center. You couldn't even get in it. They're standing outside and the law enforcement would not let them come in because of the fire codes. And it was a basketball arena for uh, Oral Roberts University called the Maybe Center. And I don't know how many to see, what, seven or eight thousand, maybe six? You know, do you remember? Huh? Five? Eleven? He said eleven thousand. So it was big. And it was packed out. I mean, would work of faith people right there in Tulsa, you know, 
Well, I didn't have a whole lot of it don't take long to figure that out. So that's why I'm desperate for God. But I was a Remy student during that time. And I was going to go. But when I went to the door to put my hand on the knob, inside of my spirit, I didn't hear a voice. I got a check. Yeah. Don't go. Yeah. Now, I'm a young pup Christian. Sure, I'm talking about young pup. I mean, I, I don't know nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that I've arrived today. But I knew enough. And it had kept me alive when people were getting stabbed to death around me in prison. It had kept me alive, that little intuition inside. Don't be here. Don't go there. Don't be that place. I knew that voice. He said, my children know my voice. And a stranger they will follow. I put my hand on that doorknob and I knew that check meant don't go. Because I already had it before. I'd had it for several years. I knew that. I learned that. I didn't understand, didn't know why. Well, so-and-so's going, so-and-so, international so-and-so, and this international there. I'm not talking about one. I'm talking about hundreds, thousands. 11,000, I think he said, that would seat in that place. So, I'll tell you somebody that kind of thought that something was fuzzy and funny, too. And it was Pastor Willie George. You ever heard of Pastor Willie George? What's that show he used to have? Yeah, Gospel Bill. Remember Gospel Bill? He'd do the cow, and he had dry gulch and all that kind of stuff. Well, he had all this TV equipment and everything. And then Reverend Charles Caps. You remember Reverend Charles Caps? You know, he's went, he, something didn't set right with him. Something's wrong here. So he got with Pastor Willie George that had all this TV equipment, and they were showing it, you know, on camera and everything. So they got the footage of it, and Brother Willie George had the ability to break the, the video down frame by frame. Do you know that a video is a bunch of pictures in succession, just running fast? That's what it is. That's all it is. I mean, they may do it a little different today, but that's what it is. And so they took those videos, and they broke them down frame by frame. And what they discovered is that this lady, because she wore the wrong long dresses, she was actually, with sleight of hand, when everybody worshiped God, praised God, she had her hands down here fiddling around. Nobody could tell it, you know, because it's real spiritual. And she'd pull some feathers out and put it in her hand, and she'd raise her hands and the feathers would fly. And then on other frames, they could see there was little bitty vials, just little bitty things. But they melted with human heat. And they had oil in them. And she would pull them out from under her sleeve and put them in her hand until they melted and say, look, look! It wasn't even miraculous. It was tricking people. Duping people. And they went for it, as Granny would say, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, they went for it. And Willie, Pastor Willie George and Reverend Charles Cap released a video and proved that it was wrong. And do you know that many folks got mad at him for doing it? Got mad at him. <laughs> got mad. If I catch you pulling feathers out of you, <laughs> I'm going to scatter parts everywhere. I'm telling you right now. And she milked those people 
for thousands upon thousands, ten thousands, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars she milked out of that audience. Come on. You know what I mean by milking? We know what you mean. Deceived them, tricked them out of. And this wasn't even miraculous. This wasn't even satanic lying signs and wonders. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that everything that you see ain't real. That may not be good English, but it's good talk. Everything you see ain't real. And everything you see miraculous is not of God. That's why you got to try the spirits. Test the spirits, it says, to know whether they be of God or not. That's what it says over in 1 John. Try the spirits to know whether they be of God or not. Because everything miraculous is not God. Satan can work miracles to do what? To deceive. But he's a limit. He can only go so far. But he does it to deceive. So I know you're excited now. What time do we start? So they were deceived, right? All right. Let me, can I talk about seducing spirits? Because that's how people... How do seducing spirits seduce somebody? I thought you was going to ask me that. I figured you, you was going to ask me that and, and talk to me about it. About seducing spirits. And you wanted to know. So you stayed up today and everything. You just... And you said, when I get there tonight, I'm going to ask that preacher this question. I can't wait to get there. I'm going to ask him. Uh, he better have some doggone answer, too. I might whop him real good. I'm just telling you. And I don't blame you, you know. But, you know, only way I could answer it is if, if the Bible gives me some leeway and, and, and the Lord helps me. But how does a seducing spirit get a hold to somebody that's actually educated in the things of God? How does it do it? Now, in my seminar, which I'm not going to cover here, I'm going to talk about acting in actors. And I will say this. There's been more familiar spirits win Academy Awards than any human being. They call it getting into character. I can tell you about that character. How does a seducing spirit able to uh, seduce somebody. First of all, the seducing spirit must take advantage of a willing person. In other words, he can't take you over against your will. He's got to get you to get willing. He's got to make you want what he has because he cannot do anything against your will. You, have a, you are a free moral agent. God created you with a will to choose. And you do not have to do anything the devil tells you. So what he does is he has to take, a, he take advantage of a willing person. So what he does, he works on that person to get them to a place that they are willing. You know what I mean? Demons cannot make anyone do anything against their will. The demon has to deceive a person into being willing to be deceived. Now this is a shocker. Many times, this is easier to do than you would think. 
The demon works through a person's upbringing, their environment, their emotions, their soul, and their mind to gain access to them. How do they do that? Familiar spirits assist in this. Because familiar spirits are familiar with you. There's a group of things, uh, demons called familiar spirits. And their only assignment is to know everything there is to know about you. And there's a lot of demons too. A lot of these things. And we're not glorifying them or nothing, magnifying them. Because we got authority over them. And they're not going to tell us what to do. You understand that? We've got authority over them. So first of all, you've got to be willing subject for the devil to take advantage of you. He cannot take advantage of you. He cannot come into your life against your will. Now, I'm not saying he won't try to, but he cannot if you stand against him. It says, submit yourself therefore to God in James 4, 7. Resist the devil and what will happen? He will flee from you. But what if you stop resisting? Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But what if you stop resisting? So he works on your will. He works on your will. He works on your will. He works on your will till he wears you down. If you'll listen to him long enough. And then no longer are you resisting and you don't even realize what's going on. You're not resisting anymore. So he's not going to have to flee from you anymore. In fact, what happens is, and I'm going to get into it a lot more in our seminar coming up over in April, in May. A person, remember, has to be willing. They have to be willing. So the enemy will work on someone for years. Not just five minutes. He'll work on somebody for years to get them in a position to be willing for him to take advantage of them. Now, the person that's getting into this place of being willing to listen to this seducing spirit don't know that they're seduced. They don't, a deceived person don't know they're deceived. Because they have went along with this for so long, they believe they're right. I said they do. They believe that they are right. Well, you know, there's things you know, but you don't say. Yeah. And that's, that's the wisdom of God today, yeah. is knowing when to say something. In fact, I'll just, can I say this as a side journey? If somebody's always a prophesying, you better run from them. Because what happens if they keep doing that long enough, They'll get into familiar spirits. They will. Always prophesying. That don't mean that we don't prophesy. That don't mean that we don't have words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and you know, predict things and say things. But people that are constantly coming up with something, every time you turn around, they're prophesying this and that and that, the other, you know. And if you watch it, most of that stuff don't come to pass. You remember everybody that prophesied that Mr. Trump was going to be put back in the office after they didn't vote for him in? Well, the Lord showed me he wasn't going back in there. But he said, you keep your mouth shut till you get down there to Florida. He said, don't say a word. 
And he said, but when you get down there, he said, you open your mouth and let them know then. So here they come. They come down there to Florida. Ministers, you know, come from all over the place. And after one, one minister came and, and he was all riled up. You know, he didn't watch, what was it, QAnon or all that stuff. And, and he was a, a, a very good marksman. He had a lot of uh, weapons of major and minor destruction. And we was talking about it, you know, and I've, I've got quite a few myself, you know. I've got two gun cases. And I got them here, and I got them there, and I got them over here, and I got them over there, you know. But he said, I told my wife, he said, I've got them all lined up here, and your driveway is about a mile long, three quarters of a mile long from the road. He said, I got to go all my ammo. And he said, I got enough to hold them off for two weeks. <laughs> and this is a pastor that's coming to my meeting. And we all bust out laughing, but I think most of them had the AR-15s with them in their car, in their Bible stuffed up, hid in their coat. You know what I mean? Because we thought we was going for an insurrection, you know. And, but you notice the prophets were all saying, you know, that, that he's going to be put back in the office and all this stuff and something's going to happen. The military's going to come in and throw Mr. Biden out even though he was elected and all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's wonderful thinking, you know. But the Spirit of God came on me down there in Florida and I said to them preachers, I said, Mr. Trump is not going back into office. Now don't stop right there. Just wait till you hear the end of it. I didn't say Ever. He's not going back into office unless he runs for election and is reelected again. And buddy, that went over like a lead balloon. I'm telling you, it did. All them guns that was pointed at all them evil people were now pointed at me. My God! <laughs> so, this internationally known, I'll, I'll never call his name, I, I promised that. Internationally known minister called me. And I thought, well, I don't know who this is, but I sensed that I should answer it. After this, you know. <clears throat> and I answered the phone. He said, Brother Randy, this is so-and-so. I said, yes, sir. In fact, I was astonished. I'd never talked to this individual in my life except, hello, you know, and that's it. Never. And I thought, why, why is he calling me? He said, uh, who do you think you are? I said, sir, I don't think I'm anybody, sir. He said, uh, he said, you know you're calling the one that stands at the forefront of the prophet's office in the United States of America. You're calling him a lie. I said, no, sir. I said, I ain't calling nobody's name. He said, you know so-and-so over there, you're calling him a lie. And you know, prophets is so-and-so over you, you're calling them a lie. I said, no, sir. I said, I'm not. He said, well, you said that Trump's not in the office, and they said there was. I said, no, sir, I did not say that. Yeah. Yeah. He said, now you're lying. I said, no, sir, I didn't say it. God said it. Yeah. And I didn't say it. I speak for God. I don't speak for myself. Yeah. And I don't know it all. But I said, he's not going to be put back into office at this time. That don't mean he can't go back in office, but the way the Lord showed me, he'll have to run and be elected again. You know, they're trying to keep him out of there now, you know. You know all that. And all this mess is coming up against him. So I'm not against Mr. Trump, don't get me wrong. I'm just telling you what the Lord said. He said, who do you think you are? You're saying this one? You're saying that one? You're calling them a liar? I said, no, sir, I'm not calling them a liar. I said, I never mentioned their name. At all. 
And I said, I did not want to say what I said. And normally I don't. It's rare that I ever want to do anything the Lord wants me to do. I'll be honest with you. I don't like the stuff and trouble that comes with it. I didn't want to do no demon seminar. My son called it double D seminar. (laughs) Randall. (laughs) Double devil seminar, you know. An authority over demons and seducing spirits, and my son come up with the title Double D Seminar. Daddy called it a Double D Seminar. <laughs> we probably get us a crowd doing that, you know what I mean? <laughs> we'll have to get the Bobbies over there then. I'm telling you the truth about it. <laughs> so, this minister talked to me, and I said, Sir, I said, I'm human and I can miss it. I said, you know, I come up under Dad Hagen. He said, yes, I wish he was now here to correct you. And I said, sir, I said, I wish he was here too. And I said, I'd submit. I said, sir, I'll tell you this. I said, if I have missed it, I said, I publicly declared that in my meeting. I said, but if I have missed it, I will publicly declare that I miss God and that I got it wrong. I said, I'll do that. He said, you will? I said, yes, I will. I said, because that's what Dad Hagen taught me. He said, if you ever get to the point, Dad Hagen taught us, if you ever get to the point that you think you cannot miss it, it. then you just missed it right then. You can't get to the point that you think you know everything because you don't. You don't. And I'll tell you another thing that gets people into this. You can get around somebody that's prophesying falsely and it'll get off on you. It will. It'll get off on you. That same spirit will get on you. And then you'll begin to prophesy the same things they will. Because I noticed how it went. After, I went and looked after this gentleman called me, this high-powered gentleman in the body of Christ. <clears throat> I went and looked and seen what they were saying because I really wasn't paying attention to that. You know, I got, I'm, I got to keep up with me, not everybody else. And I realized that it wasn't until this particular individual came around this other individual, this individual started prophesying that Trump's going back in. But he didn't do it before, before this guy come down. So when he got around that spirit that was on the other fella, that got on him too. Then it got on the next one. And then the whole TV show prophesying it. You know? And I said, sir, I'll do it. I said, I'll, I'll do it. Well, I want to ask you a question. Brother Hagin said the proof of the pudding is what? In the eating of it, if you want to know if it's any good. Did the prophecy come to pass? Did Mr. Trump go back into office I'm talking about? Did it? Well, that shows you, in this sense, I'm not a false prophet. I'm not a false prophet. He did not go back in at that time. Because that's what he didn't say, he would never go back in. He wouldn't go back in that time. He showed me some reasons why I will not get into that. But he showed me some reasons why that it wouldn't happen at that time. But he didn't say it couldn't happen at a later time. He didn't tell me. Sometimes he tells me and sometimes he don't. And I'm trying to close. And y'all keep dragging me down these trails and all these kind of things. And Yeah, but y'all won't come back if I get y'all too fat. You won't be able to move around. <laughs> got to keep y'all lean. You're like, with daddy, we come up with daddy hunting. Had a lot of hound dogs and everything, coon dogs and every rabbit dog. What daddy would do when we'd go out hunting, he'd just feed the, the dogs a couple of pieces of light bread and give them some water at noontime. Because if he got them too full, they want to lay down and go to sleep. So I don't want to get y'all too fat because y'all, <laughs> y'all lay down and go to sleep on me. 
You know what I mean? And another thing, because we got an extended meeting, we don't have to do it all right now. That's why we have an extended meeting and everything. And so these seducing spirits are out there trying to seduce people. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll say this in closing. I, w- I wasn't going to say it to start with. I've said it before, so there's nothing new. But, uh, you know, most people make a mistake today, even in the church world. They said, well, why don't President Biden do so-and-so? And why don't President Biden do so-and-so? Well, he is not the president. Exactly. Now, don't take that the wrong way. According to the elections boards and all that, he was elected. But he is not running this country. The one that is running this country is Mr. Obama. And I say that by the Holy Ghost. The Lord told me that. The Lord told me before he ever left office, he'll be more detrimental to this nation after he leaves office than he is when he was in office. That's why he never left Washington, D.C. Mr. Biden does not have the skills mentally to run this nation and make decisions. You know that. He's not running the nation. It's been running behind the scenes. Ask Dorothy. On the Wizard of Oz. There was a man behind there. <laughs> Some of the younger folks may not know who Dorothy is, but, but wasn't, wasn't there a man back there? Yeah. Yeah. What, was it behind the curtain? A, a little man. Yeah, a little man. Behind the curtain. Isn't that right? And that's the same thing today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, it is. And I'm not putting anybody down or nothing. But we've got it in the wrong perspective. And I'm trying to shut up. Y'all keep dragging me on out here. Okay, I'm going to try to close with this one. Can you you get a close? Another big fault that we have in the church world, not in the center world, not in those that don't know God, is that we blame the Democratic Party, we blame Mr. Biden, we blame the news channels for all the evil we got in this nation. This is a shocker for you. It is not their fault. It is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ because we have not done what we're supposed to do. And if you want to know why we got these problems in this nation, you read and study Deuteronomy chapter 28. Read and study Deuteronomy 28. It prophesies the condition of our nation right now. God told Israel as a nation, and it applied to them back then, but it applied to any nation. The same principles apply to any nation. And if you go find it, he said, if you'll be obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you don't, then all these curses are going to come over you. And you go read in the, the Deuteronomy and then type in shadow, bring that into our modern era. Because some of the wording they use there is a little different than what we'd use today, and some of the application would be a little different, but it's all applied. Deuteronomy 28 is what we're reaping today because the church has not done what it should do. But I believe this, that the church can repent as a whole. I believe we can get back up and do what we're supposed to do, and we can walk with God and put the devil in his place every single day. We don't have to be afraid of the devil in the name of Jesus because we've got authority over him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Amen. Now before I get started again, and that fellow does a flip off that camera stand up there. 
Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you've allowed us to see and understand and share tonight. Father, we know that you've been speaking to us by revelation knowledge. Lord, this is not for the intellectual mind, but it's from those that are walking with God. And Lord, we do thank you that you have given us intelligence and we use it correctly. But Father, we thank you for what you're sharing with us, for what you're showing us, and how you're leading us, and how you're guiding us and directing us. And Father, we pray that everything that we said tonight, Lord, would glorify you. Lord, we say that everything that we said tonight, Lord, we pray that it would benefit those that heard. Lord, I've done my best to say it in the right spirit, in the right attitude, Lord. Not being angry or mean or against anybody, Lord. But to say the truth and lie not. And Lord, I pray that that's the way people will receive it, Lord. That are seeing it, Lord, by video or by here in person, Lord. We thank you for them. And I pray blessings upon their life. I pray, Lord, that you'll protect them in every single area of their life. And I thank you for the anointing of God to increase in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Homework assignment. You ready for one? Psalms 91. Psalms 91. I want you to read that. Study it. And see the principles in there and apply them to your life. Because the Lord's going to take care of you. Even in all this time that we live in, He's going to take care of you. We love you and appreciate you. We're just going to unhook. We'll be praying for people in other services. I'm going to let Pastor Jackie come preach, pray, prophesy, do some flips, whatever she wants to do. Wow. Oh, 